unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of The Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. All right. Well, welcome back to The Well Unfiltered. I am Nicole, and this is... Mindy. And we are so excited to continue our conversation, our series on relationships. And speaking of relationships, and you're going to hear this every episode, so just love it. Lean into it. We want you to stay in relationship with us. Subscribe to all the socials, especially our Facebook page, where there is a picture where I am looking lovingly at Mindy, and she is looking like that in the other direction. Mm. But there is love between us. It is like our engagement. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. But I think that part of why I look so lovingly in that photo is because sometimes, actually pretty often, you will say something that really stops me in my tracks. And one of those times was when we were talking about work advancement and progress, and you posed the question, well, is that person a mentor or a sponsor? Because that's not the same thing. And I thought, dun, 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 what? <laughs> what do you mean? My brilliant moment for that. And month. it made me really think about how, you know, we talk about uh, all of the different kind of relationships over this series. And maybe we need to tease out that difference for someone like me in that moment who is having some frustration around a relationship. And what I off actually discovered was there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So I invite you into this aha moment. Mindy, break it down for us. What is the difference between a sponsor and a mentor? And why is that relationship so important? Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to be full disclosure here because I also had an aha moment about this <laughs> whilst listening to another podcast. Whilst. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just, Thank you. I'm Have you been watching today. the BBC or anything? I do love that. <laughs> okay. So whilst <laughs> anyway, watching. Whilst, whilst listening to, there's a podcast called 9 to 5-ish, and it's by the people that do the skim. Okay. And they had Carla, remind me of her last Harris. name. Harris. Harris. Okay. Yes. I love Carla Harris. If She is like a leadership guru expert. Absolutely. She's amazing. But she talked about this subject of the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I'm, I'm driving and I just felt like I, I just need to pull over and take notes. Mm-hmm. Because she talked about it as, you know, a mentor is someone who has your back. They encourage you. They maybe teach you things. I mean, they are just this really sort of like nurturing, caring, encouraging presence in your life. Mm -hmm. But a sponsor is someone who will really take an active role and advocate for you. Mm -hmm. And when she talked about it, she really gave the example. I I think she worked on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, you know, there were rooms that she wasn't invited into. But there were people in those rooms that advocated for her, that sponsored for her when she wasn't in that space saying, you know what, Carla needs to be here. Mm. This is a person you want in this role. And I just thought that is such a key difference because it's not about giving you like all the feels and, you know, being really encouraged. It's about that person that will get in there and say, this is the person for the job, the role, the whatever, 
let me bring them to your attention. Mm -hmm. And so that's really sort of that difference between the mentor and the sponsor. And when you heard that, because I know the difference it made in my life, Mm -hmm. what difference did it make for you? Yeah, well, I think it it reframed some of my expectations Mm. for people Mm -hmm. in my life. And I could immediately start filtering through some of the relationships I've had. And since, you know, I do work and have a career, I think about it mostly in my career Mm -hmm. lens. And I thought about the people who have said, you know, she's not here, but she should be, and Mm. what impact that's had. And then I thought of the people that they're really just a safe space to land. And those don't have to be the same thing. And that doesn't mean that those people are necessarily failing. Yeah. I I think that this is the pullover moment for those that are listening to really think about maybe your frustration or I should say our frustration (laughs) with different relationships in our lives are not that the person isn't, you know, loving or supportive, but that we're expecting them to live into a role that they don't occupy Mm -hmm. in our lives. So you've talked about, and and I wonder if we could think about it this way, if we were to maybe make, maybe I'm thinking about the homework I did with Olivia last night, one sentence to describe like the difference. So the mentor does this and the sponsor does what? Mm -hmm. How would we finish that? Ooh, I like this, like, being so concise. I'm not the most <laughs> concise person. <laughs> you are, though. You have these one-liners that uh, challenge me. Um, I think, I mean, I think if I was going to put them, like, boil the mentor down to a sentence or an idea. Mm-hmm. I get an idea? Yes. I just can't. <laughs> um, but it, it, to me, it's the person that puts the wind back in your sails. Mm. When I think about my mentoring relationships, and I don't know about you, but... They're the people I can go to when all feels lost. And I'm like, it, it's impossible. I'm giving up. And they remind me why not to give up and why to keep going and what my gifts are and what the potential is. Like, mm-hmm. that is what a mentor has been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but a sponsor, maybe maybe they're like the actual wind, <laughs> <You know? laughs> the momentum for you. You know, they're mm-hmm. the ones that sort of push you. They, I don't actually always think about a sponsor as being super encouraging or someone that you're even especially close to mm-hmm. all the time, but they really are the advocate. Hmm. So you did do the exercise, <laughs> whether you <laughs> liked it or not. I love that, that metaphor of the person who, you know, puts the, that that wind back in, and then the person who's the actual wind, Mm -hmm. who helps you move into those spaces that otherwise you may not gain entry to. And it makes me think about what happens when we confuse the two. Mm -hmm. And I've had moments in my career where I have confused the two. And I wonder if you've had those moments Mm -hmm. and what happens when we do that. Yeah. So I think back to a relationship that I cultivated with another woman in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling very disappointed mm-hmm. a lot of the time mm-hmm. because I felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted. But I couldn't really tell you what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that I came into it that clearly. But every time we met, I mean, we had great conversations. I felt really encouraged, but I, I didn't feel like it was generating very much. And I just remember thinking, like, is the point of this like are we are we just buds <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that what we're doing but now when I look back I think 
no, that person was in a mentorship role. Mm -hmm. And maybe I had some expectations that she was going to open some doors or connect me to people. You know, we'd talk about people and it would be, oh, I should connect you to them. And then it wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And it would really frustrate me. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that was the point of that relationship. And looking back on it, I wish I would have maybe treasured the the mentorship Mm, piece of it more and not just, oh, this sounds really terrible, but almost looked at it like a transaction. Mm. And and I can reflect on that going back. But because I wasn't clear on what I needed out of that relationship, because we didn't communicate that, I mean, we'd just go have lunch, there was a lot of disappointment and missed expectation Mm -hmm. for me. And that was really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes me think of, <laughs> I once had uh, lunch with a colleague and someone that we both had in common had co-emailed us and said, you guys should get together. It's like, oh, okay. And we both really treasured our relationship with this mutual person, but had never met each other. And it was the most awkward exchange because it wasn't very clear, like, what are we like, what's the yes. point of this <laughs> and it was like i don't know like the blind uh career date that would never end mm-hmm. and i think about you know maybe that's what happens when we mix up these relationships there's disappointment mm-hmm. on the other side of it and I, I i think that maybe one of the the exercises that we might invite people to do as they're listening to this is to really think about Mm -hmm. some of their relationships, whether it's in the workplace or in other places, and say, is this a mentoring or sponsoring relationship? Mm -hmm. And then what does that look like? And how do I change the way I show up? And how do I change my expectations around how they show up? Well, and I'm thinking too, and this didn't happen with the relationship that I shared about, but the slippery slope of disappointment is that it can lead to resentment. Mm. Like when those are, I I think like this relationship I'm talking about, it didn't have very deep roots. Like Mm -hmm. it was pleasant. It was fine. It it just kind of fizzled out and it's fine. Right. But when we have those deep rooted relationships and we do have those unspoken and then unmet expectations, I think that's where resentment can sort of take hold. Mm -hmm. And then that's just bad news. Oh, yeah. That's a bad situation for us interpersonally, but also if it is this more, you know, structured relationship, it can be bad for even where we're trying to move professionally or, you know, with any kind of leadership role that we have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the way we're talking about this, I think we also have to kind of interject in the conversation the role that our faith and the spirit mm-hmm. plays in this as well. And that I really do think of the fact that God puts people in our lives to occupy these different roles. And I wonder if there is, you know, a, you talked about that metaphor. There's also maybe a scriptural metaphor or a faith um, shaping metaphor that has impacted your thinking on this. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it comes down to having a mindset of abundance and not scarcity. Mm. And so we talk about this a lot, like in the church world, when we talk about stewardship and giving, right? right? Like God has given abundantly to us so we can give <laughs> abundantly back. Yay, it's great. But I think this is actually true in our relationships as well, especially when it comes to navigating what I might call the tricky waters of career or success or mm-hmm. growth. 
because we can at times I think buy into this lie of scarcity mm-hmm. that there's just not enough to go around and I don't know if you've felt this when you've been in certain spaces but yeah. sometimes you know I have been the only woman in a space mm-hmm. I think about like you know citywide when I was in Pasadena I used to go to this like citywide pastor gathering mm-hmm. thing and there'd be like three women of 35 people. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, it's like, we're here. <laughs> you know, and it feels like immediately you're the exception. Right. And you're special or something. And so it, the weird thing that happens then is I think we become like, we think it's scarce. Mm-hmm. Our presence is scarce. Like, well, right. I'm the only one. So I've got to guard my territory. I've got to, you know, move in my own direction. And I can't bring other people along mm-hmm. with me. And I have found in these relationships, the minute that scarcity gets in, like injected into them, I, that's when the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. And and what would it look like if we took the theological belief that God promises us an abundant life mm-hmm. outside of stewardship or conversations around money, mm-hmm. but really saw that abundance in our relationships and in the space that we make for other people? Right. And it makes me think of maybe our role in creating abundance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think of the space that you're talking about showing up in ministry and being the only woman. There have been so many spaces where I've either been the only woman and certainly the only black person in the room. And I think a, another thing that's connected to that is if someone else comes, there I can layer on expectations of what our relationship is going to look like because we are the exceptions. Can you, I want you to talk more about that. Yeah. I think that's a really So good I point. think of, I mean, and I don't think this is unique to ministry. I think of women in finance, women in law, women in anything, yes. right? <laughs> so, you know, you might see perhaps a woman who's more seasoned in her career and think this person who had to perhaps experience things that I never experienced they're going to want to mentor me or sponsor me because we are the exception sitting in this room around this table. And that may not be true. And I think that another source of disappointment is that we have to allow people to choose their role in our lives and that they may decide because we are both here and we're both women or we're both people of color or we're, you know, whatever the a unique difference is, listen and pay attention to that. But when we layer on that expectation that it's going to be a certain way, or when people layer it on you. I mean, my first internship was at Domino's Pizza. There was this corporate headquarters. Yes, there is a corporate headquarters for Domino's Pizza. And it's in Michigan. It's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And there was this uh, person who was older than me, Um, who was a person of color, and he was talking about some of the challenges in the corporate world, and, you know, he really thought that I should say this or say that, and I'm sitting there like, I am an intern, (laughs) and I have been here for 0.5 seconds, Mm -hmm. and so he he had expectations of me as a younger person of color coming in, and what he thought my positions or what I was going to do. And I had expectations of him, like, wait, I thought you were going to show me where the <laughs> lunchroom was. I, I I will do the revolution, but I wasn't, that wasn't on the schedule. I lunch first. Yes. <laughs> and we had totally different expectations mm-hmm. of the other. And I think that reframing not only what role people, that who else can be at the table, 
but also what role they can play in our lives is important, not only in us you know, getting and growing to where God wants us to be, but also letting people grow to where they need to be. And it may be that we have this close relationship because of our uh, unique differences, or it may be that we don't. And, and that's, that's okay. It's okay. And I think that's hard sometimes for us to, to accept because mm-hmm. we assume. I know when I see another woman in ministry, I'm like, hello, best friend. No, I don't even, she, I don't know you. You're not my best friend. No, we're not. Okay, I'm glad you didn't do that because yeah. that, that's my orientation. Yeah. But that's a lot of expectation mm-hmm. to put on folks. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, I will get off my soapbox. I like but, your soapbox. I thought yeah. it was great. But I think it's important because – we do bring expectations into all of our relationships. Yeah. And it does get maybe a little bit extra complicated when we're talking about things like mentoring, whether it is, okay, I know the term peer mentoring. What's like the non-peer mentoring? It, regular mentoring. Regular mentoring. Yeah, that's official. It's just mentoring. <laughs> that's <Yes>. it. <laughs> so no matter what kind of mentoring it is, or if we're talking about, you know, advocacy, sponsorship, people that will hold the door open for you, we we can trip up. Oh yeah. With those expectations. Well, and that I think really brings us to another part of this kind of sponsor mentor piece. You know, sometimes we will choose a mentor or a sponsor because we think that they are like us or at least on the surface and then they'll they'll be a great sponsor or mentor because we're the same again, according to our surface reading of who they are. But then I think we maybe miss the opportunity to be deeply mentored or sponsored because someone has a different experience. Mm -hmm. I'm particularly thinking about women and some of the ways that I have looked at other women in ministry who perhaps show up differently than I do um, because they had to Mm -hmm. and maybe didn't have the freedom to show up Uh, as authentically as their role has given me the privilege of showing up as. And so then when I'm looking for a mentor, I'm looking maybe in another direction, but really they have the knowledge. And am I going to recognize the abundance that they have to offer, even though it looks different Mm -hmm. on the surface than perhaps I am? Is that tracking for you? It absolutely tracks. And it makes me think about just sort of honoring the ones that have paved the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, especially in ministry, but I I think this does apply no matter what kind of field you're in, what role you're in, but the world has changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I take for granted, I think, how many women I encounter now in ministry circles. Mm -hmm. That did not always used to be the case. I mean, I think about my supervisor at my church in Pasadena, and she was... I mean, she had, like, grown kids by the time she supervised me and had been doing ministry all of her adult life. And I am sure the things that she saw and had to fight through, I, I will never fight the same battles. Mm-hmm. But she did it so I could be where I was. And right. she, I will tell you, was probably one of my biggest advocates mm-hmm. in that community. I mean, she would always make sure that I was in a conversation or learning about things and pushing me to be better. And mm-hmm. I know that's because she walked a road that I didn't have to. Yeah. And because we walk different roads, we can judge the road sometimes <laughs> that other people walk. Yes. I mean, I think of this uh, woman pastor I know who would start her kind of governing board meetings. 
uh, cooking everyone dinner and like serving them. And most of the people on the board happen to be male. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, in seminary and I'm thinking, oh no, like all of my womanist and feminist mm-hmm. Christianity would say that I, as the kind of woman in charge, she's taking this domestic role. And after, you know, she's serving everyone, and then she's smiling and making most of the decisions. <laughs> and I just <laughs> sat there in awe of what I saw on the surface, mm-hmm. but didn't really recognize, oh my gosh, this relational leadership that she's that she's got going on here doesn't look like what we talk about in our, you know, feminism of scripture texts or class but in practicality I had something to learn from her that maybe was different than the way I would show up because if cooking plied the way for us to have hard conversations I mean no one would come to any church I ever was a part of I mean you can get taken uh, well God bless you because (laughs) if it wasn't for my husband my my family would starve (laughs) but it 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 made an impression on me in terms of how we not only need to have freedom in the roles that people can play in our lives, but in what that in what leadership looks like. Well, as you're talking about her, the thing that came to my mind is she knew her context. Mm-hmm. And this is what's hard about having these relationships with a mentor or a sponsor is we have to be humble to know that there's stuff that we don't know yet. Oh, oh I know. They're all going to turn this off now. And they might turn it off because you said humble. And only real Christians know that it's humble. Oh, <laughs> it's humble. <laughs> if you are me. driving right now, I don't know. I, s- settle the debate for us. Let us know on all of our socials. There, the, the H is not silent. <laughs> I don't know what it uh, the The people that I know that are super holy always say humble. And I'm always like, what? What is that? Someday about? I'm gonna work this into a prayer. Are you? And I'm, I expect your but reaction. But they don't say umbility, right? <laughs> <laughs> or um, they, they they bring it back for humility. So I'm like, what what are you doing? Anyway, this this was not <laughs> this is the question that we wanted. It, it is. But see, here's I think something. As David reminds us, we need to wrap this up. So I think one of the things that gets really challenging when you're in a place or a career or trajectory where there may not be a lot of mentors or sponsors Mm -hmm. who have paved the way. I think of us in ministry and how in different denominations there may still not be women who can lead or, you know, in the United Methodist tradition where that hasn't been happening for that long. And so, you know, how do you really gain support and mentorship? And I think that one of the things that women have to do is peer mentor. Mm -hmm. And that's a new concept, I think, for a lot of folks. What does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it means, for me, it tends to be finding someone who is maybe like three steps further down the road Mm. than I am. So they're not so far removed that, you know, it's like when I was your age, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not really that, that kind of relationship. They're in it with you. But they know just a little bit more. So the person mm. who functions like that for me, she is, I don't know, probably like five years older than me. Her kids are slightly older than mine. She is in a more senior role in her organization. But she's still in it, in local church ministry. She gets 
the things that I'm going through too. Mm -hmm. But thankfully has maybe sharpened her wisdom just a little bit more than mine. And that's what that tends to look like for me. But also I think maybe we have that a little bit. You know, like we'll come to each other and it's a safe space. It's a sounding board. It's how would you solve this problem? Mm -hmm. But again, there's humility there because I can't come to you and be like, Nicole, I don't know how to do this if I think that I know how to do everything. I can't be proving myself to you in order to receive what you have right. to offer. Right. And and so and I think connected to that humility is just trust underneath mm-hmm. that. That when I tell you I don't know, that when I tell you I need help with this, that there that will also be a something that you hold as yeah. opposed to share <laughs> and that we can fully show up in that space. Mm-hmm. And I think for folks that are listening throughout this series is to really start thinking about the different relationships that you have. And one of them that I know that is an incredible blessing are peer mentoring relationships. Because for me, it's the greatest blessing of that is sharing what you do know. So, you know, I know that anyone that's been listening to The Well for a while knows that you are Brene Brown's biggest fan. Like seriously. But not in a creepy way. (laughs) (laughs) And Brene, if you're listening, you need to, uh, you know, take the time to send a personalized note to Reverend Mindy Lee Moore. She has created many disciples (laughs) off of your work. And it has been integrated into many sermons and Bible studies and small groups. (laughs) However, I don't know if I had heard of Brene Brown before I Hmm. connected with you. And there's usually not a conversation where you're not saying, I've listened to this podcast or I read this book. And I think that sometimes we think we can only learn from people that are five or 10 steps ahead. But we do have something to learn from the person that's sitting next to us. And it could be just the thing that we need in our own leadership or growth and abundance. Mm -hmm. And so I just invite you as you're listening to think about who are my sponsors who are my mentors? Who am I in a peer mentoring relationship with? Or if I'm not, how do I get them? Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what we we close with before we think about our uh, wells and what's filling yeah. them this week. How did you go about engaging those relationships in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is going to sound so simple, but <laughs> I just asked. It's not simple because that requires a lot of risk and feeling like, I mean, it's like when you go up to someone, you're like, will you be my friend? <laughs> will you be my mentor? I mean, that's kind of what I did with the woman that I referenced just a minute ago who's so valuable to me is I just emailed her and I said, hey, I think you're awesome. We've met a couple of times. Would you consider you know, taking me on in like a coaching mentoring relationship. And I hit send and I wanted to throw up because I was like, well, she might get this and be like, "Uh, I don't even remember meeting you. This is awkward. But that's not what happened. She was super excited Mm. to do that. And Mm -hmm. it's grown deep roots because I just asked a question. Yeah. I think that is such great advice. And what I would also offer is if you seek that relationship out, then asking yourself, what am I willing to invest in it? Because some of the mentoring relationships, because you talked about transactional, it doesn't matter if it's sponsoring, peer mentoring, or just straight up, we're calling it regular mentoring, right? (laughs) When people feel like you are just extracting something from them, it almost never goes well. Because people can sense that immediately. Absolutely. And so 
when you're seeking that out, to also ask yourself, what am I willing to invest? Mm -hmm. What do I have to offer? Because there, there is something, and I'm sure. Yes, and because they're humans. Yes. So I'm sitting here thinking about this is going to feel like a left turn, but it's going to come back. <laughs> I promise. I'm thinking about Sing Two. Okay. Which I'm, I know I'm... that you have also watched. Yes. In love, I hope it's so good. It's so much better than the first one. <laughs> but there's this moment in the movie. I don't. This is not a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> where the hedgehog, I can't remember her name, but she meets. The like rock star guy that's her yes. her hero, yes. and he is like grouchy and damaged, and it's this whole story. And she's like, "This is why they say never meet your heroes." Mm-hmm. And I remember when she said that, I thought, "Yeah, we do that to people, people who we want to mentor us or sponsor us. We put them on these pedestals, yeah. and we think that they are going to be a certain way. And then when they're not, we're disappointed. Mm-hmm. But maybe that is not fair. Yeah." And if you haven't seen Sing 2, we're going to continue spoiling the movie for you mm-hmm. because when he's not the hero that she wants him to be, she stays present with him. She does. And and just in that presence, not even, you know, you need to change, here's a, the number to my therapist, but just start singing some of his old songs yes. until he figures out, again, I should be a part of the Pixar team. His own music. <laughs> <laughs> right, his own heart starts that singing so again. Much. It was awesome, but that's how I feel after all of those films, anyway. I know, but I I just think that that is such an important illustration of the relationships that we're trying to build, mm-hmm. and what are you also willing to give to that person that you idolize or that you have something to learn from? Yeah. So. We hope that you learned something from this conversation. If nothing, the plot to sing to. It is, um, it's, it's good. <laughs> but I wonder as we close, you know, what is filling your well this week, Mindy? Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. When we were prepping for this episode, I was thinking about scripture. Mm-hmm. And the scripture that I landed on is actually Psalm 23. Mm. And it's kind of a funny psalm because a lot of times we think about it as like the funeral psalm and it's mm-hmm. kind of sad yeah. and oddly comforting. But I think about it with what we're talking about with abundance. And I, I know it feels very Christian to say, this psalm is filling my well. But <laughs> it really is. I've thought about this psalm a lot okay. lately hmm. in my life, which is it's just a little odd. But I love, if you read through it, you know, it's the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, I won't read the whole thing to you. But I love verses 5 and 6, the last two verses. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I love that line. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking a lot about what does it mean to live a life where I feel like my cup overflows and I'm dwelling in God's goodness. Mm. And when you think about your life that way, it just reframes a lot of the things that we're going through. I mean, when we're recording this, which literally could be any time right now because it's <laughs> 2020 through 2022, uh, the hot mess. But the world is hard. Right. The world is really hard. And so I feel like what's filling my well is remembering that like God is at work even in the midst of that. And it's through people too, like those people that walk with me mm-hmm. and love me and that hopefully I get to walk with as well. Mm-hmm. So as you were reading that, I could only hear 
the voice of my childhood pastor, who was like a Baptocostal. And look that term up. <laughs> so he once preached a sermon just on surely. <laughs> like just that word and what it meant to have that absolute assurance that surely God is going to do this for me. Surely God is present. Sure, like, and I can, I mean, also there's just the very real experience of growing up in a black church and I'm like, surely, like <laughs> there's just a different way of saying it. And that's, I'm, I was waiting for you to say that, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I'm so, so sorry. I just had to uh, inject that. Um, but that is actually filling my well, which I had another answer that was like about my children, but forget about them. <laughs> this idea, because the world seems so hard right now, and also forming new relationships feels so risky. Yes. Um, this, just that word, surely, is, is what's filling my well. So I invite you wherever you are to, to think about what's filling your well. Um, maybe it is a sing two, maybe it's a sponsor, a mentor, a peer mentor, or just that one word of God that you're holding on to. Until we come back again to the next episode of The Well. Yeah. We'll see you next time.